Welcome to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by a number of our good friends that make it totally possible to bring on some pretty amazing guests. So we would encourage you to please check out what these advertisers have to offer, and we don't think you're going to be sorry. The first good friend of ours are the good folks over at Black Rifle Coffee. I happens every single day. People come into our office, they drink black ruffle coffee. They come into our HQ over in Hebrew city. They drink black ruffle coffee. Uh, if you guys visit any of the black ruffle coffee stores, you're going to find our merchandise, right? So we're pretty, pretty tied in with the good folks over at black rifle. If you go to their website right now, which is blackriflecoffee.com, and you use the coupon code craft 15, you will get 15% off of your order. But just be aware that that excludes the new releases, the bundles, the ready to drink stuff. So those are the drinks that are in the cans and uh, it's a one-time use purchase code. So head over to Black Rifle Coffee, use the coupon code CRAFT15 and check out some of the brews that they have come up with. Beyond Black, Silencer Smooth, all that great stuff. Gunship, check them out. Another one of our sponsors, are the good folks over at Hoist. Their website is drinkhoist.com. If you use the coupon code FEELCRAFT10, you can find out why our marketing director, Rob Parsons, has squirreled all of the Hoist drinks at here at our production studio behind his desk. I don't even know if he knows that we know that he has them there, but we try to take them from him. Uh, Hoist is a pretty amazing product. It's one of those hydration multipliers. Here in Utah, where the temps get pretty damn high, it's very easy to get dehydrated. Uh, with all the activity that we have in all of our courses, you need to stay hydrated. So it's a good idea to drink a product like Hoist that is phenomenal for providing electrolytes when you are sweating them out. If you guys go to their website, drinkhoist.com, use the coupon code FEELCRAFT10, you'll get 10% off of your order. All right, this next one, is one that I just had the other day. Um, I try not to eat too much of this because it's so damn good. And you know, my parents would probably tell me like, you can't make a meal off of it, but I disagree. Go to anthemsnacks.com. Use the coupon code fieldcraft10 and you can find out all about this amazing beef jerky. <sighs> what can I say? The original is really good. The spice is really good. Um, this is the beef jerky that if it's sitting around here in the office, everyone is going to hound you to try to have some. Uh, it is totally possible to eat an entire bag all at once. So please go to their website, anthemsnacks.com. Use the Fieldcraft 10 code. You'll get 10% off of your order and you'll be able to support this uh, Green Bray veteran founder who is right in Montana. All right, we're going to get down to this podcast right after this last sponsor, and that is Casey Highlights. If you take a look at all of our rigs that we have here at Fieldcraft, the ones that we use on the mobility experience and the ones that we bring to all the expos, you're going to see Casey Highlights. They've been the industry standard for a very, very long time and for good reason. Casey makes bomber products that help cut through the night. If you guys know anything about overlanding, off-road driving, you simply cannot have enough light and Casey Highlights has some amazing light bars, light pods, uh, you know, ditch lights, everything you can possibly imagine. Please go to their website, KC Highlights. That is K-C-H-I-L-I-T-E-S.com. KCHighlights.com. Use the coupon code FIELDCRAFT and you'll get 10% off of your order. 
All right, guys, here we go. Let's get down to this podcast. Welcome back to the Phil Carp Survival Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. Am I the host or are you the host? You're the host. Okay. I feel you're older than me. I have the headset. It makes me feel important. <laughs> if you have the headset, you're the yes. boss. I know, right? We only have one. But um, so it's been a while since we did a podcast here. I did a like months, six right? or something in the space of like three weeks. And I thought I'm good now for a while. And all of a sudden we are out. We're busy people. We are busy people. It's funny because I was just thinking about... Um, I was like, Sean, let's do a podcast, right? And, and, and you know, you're like, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, I, I don't know. We talk about that, That's what Mike used to do to me. And now, now I'm, <laughs> I'm doing that to you. I don't know. We'll figure it, it out when we improv. talk. It's improv. It's that comedy it, thing where it, they just come on is. stage and go for it. It is. I, 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 yeah. I tend to overthink things sometimes. It's better this way. It really yeah, is. It, I, I think it is too. I perform yeah. better. So not at your full time. Nice. With the company. Yes. We can talk about Sean, because he doesn't work for the government anymore. I don't. I, I officially left the government. I'm I'm a civilian for the first time in my entire life. <laughs> so, uh, spoiler alert: you have to actually work here. You what? can't just slack off all day. <laughs> what? <laughs> when I when I got out of the Irish army and I came to the states, I was working construction, and you know it was a bunch of freaking Irish immigrants and Mexicans. It wasn't a green card among the whole lot of us, you know. But we stopped for lunch one day, and we we chowed down some food, and we got back up and we work. And I'm like, what? What's going on? We don't get an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> that's saying time's money, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh no, this yeah, is I'm this my uh, noon to two GS government nap. employee naps. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was it was it was fostered. <laughs> um, so, real quick background. Um, uh, I, I had a podcast with you last year. I don't know, year and a half ago, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I can't remember the number, but we talked about your whole career. We're going to we're going to rehash that. But me and you hit sniper school at the exact same time in two thousand eight. Yep, I was a, a lowly, lowly instructor, and you yeah, were the, you the were. big boss man. I had to, I had to mold you, you and did. create you, you to who did. you are today. That's what happened. You did. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I remember about that? That's funny. That you know. Again, when, you, when you're in charge of something, you fall in on something, it's always the people you have around you, right? Mm -hmm. So when I came in, I had like, you know, you and a couple of the dudes that came in from the operational force, and there was a few dudes there that probably yeah. didn't need to be there. Yeah. But I remember when me and you were in that uh, in that van, we were driving around, they were doing some kind of training, and we uh, were with uh, yeah. one of the guys, and the training was just nonsense. It was bullshit. I mean, we were mm -hmm. driving, and me and you were both in the back, and we both, you know, if you, me and Kevin together are kind of like, we think about things exactly the same yeah. way. You know, we throw mm -hmm. gas on each other and complain about things. But I remember just driving around and the guy was going into a conversation about, uh, you know, you got to make sure they know how high the curbs are because it was an observation mm -hmm. exercise. And mm -hmm. I just remember me and you both looking at each other and going, what the it was crap. Yeah, it was this? low vis. This is nonsense. Yeah. Why are we doing this? This yeah, doesn't even yeah. apply to anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I've been like that everywhere I've been, I yeah. went since. You just go in and swing an axe. Yeah, and you just, just be burn like, things down. Explain to me why you do this, and then if they can't, okay, it's gone. Yeah. Next, explain to me why you do it. Okay, yeah. that's gone. If you like, ask why, yeah, you know, if you ask the question why, good yeah. training or good techniques are going to withstand it. Yeah. If you ask the question why, and the person who's doing it can't really explain it to you, mm -hmm. or they say that's the reason. We we've always done or that's yeah. the way we've always done it yeah it's it, it'll either stand or fall under its own weight 
Yeah. And if you just ask that simple question, it'll tell you if you're doing the right thing or not. Yeah. That, it, it, you know, SWIC is a good model that you have uh, GSs there that, you know, civilians that were retired SF guys who, who are kind of the continuity. And there's good and bad to that as well. But then you have yeah. guys coming in from the operational force every year against their will to be instructors. But when a guy's been there a couple of years, he's kind of out of touch with yeah. what's going on, especially at the speed of war that was going on around 2006, 2007, 2008. So when we came in and we looked at things, we were like, oh my God, this makes no sense. They do one night shoot. Every operation I've done in the last three years has been a night operation. Yeah. You know? yeah. Let, let's flip that. No night, that, that no night shoots. Uh, so we, we, no we, urban hides. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And we were told nobody will ever authorize you to do that. I know. I was like, yeah. Let, me, yeah. let me show you the op sums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were told that uh, shooting beyond 800 meters, beyond the capability of the yeah. weapon system. And, and you know, we, we know now since, we, you know, ballistic calculators and all that were all coming in at that time. Mm -hmm. you know, I've shot three away through miles of you, you know? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, it, it's just, I hate that answer. That's the way it's always been done. Um, and and your, your job as an instructor, it, it's not about you. It's about the student, right? It's about, you know, transferring that knowledge yeah. that was learning more um, onto somebody else so they don't have to learn it the hard way, you know? So um, so we hit SODIC at the same time. And uh, do, you, do you remember some young student came in and you were the NCIC and he came in and he was late for training or something like that. And he stood there with a smirk on his face and, you know, you, you were trying to explain something to him and he was just had an attitude. And then you turned to me. Do you remember that? Yeah. And yeah, you were like, you got anything? I just came <laughs> off the top of rope on him. Yeah. I just, I just, that just flashed into my you head. Went, you went full anger mode I did. Him, I yeah. did. Yeah. I, I, I used to have an anger problem. Yeah, I know. I know. You're such a nice guy now. I think you were just misunderstood at the time. Hey, well, to be honest, I'm less angry than they get out of the army. Um, <laughs> you are. But you I, have, are. I have my moments. Um, so we worked there for a year or so together, maybe a little more. Yeah. And then you moved to the operation. You moved to the summer major job and I took over at sniper school. And then, you know, we went our separate ways after that. And then we worked together in Force Mod a little bit. Yeah. And you were you were running the gun program for USASOC as a civilian. And I was running the uh, SF command. So we, we bounced back and forth over the couple last couple of years. And then um, you came on board pretty much right now. You've been dabbling yeah. for, for a month or two while you were still in, uh, working for the government. But you came on board to run all our tactical training. Right, yep. pistol, carbine, long range carbine, long range shooting. That's all you with all your team of instructors throughout the country. Yeah, yep. And then we we've broken it up and tried to structure it in a way that we can grow and grow in a very controlled manner. Um, so I will be running all the medical training, all the survival training, land navigation. Um, uh, you know, edible plants and homesteading and all that kind of thing and all the tactical train, not tactical training, but all the personal security and training, which is simulations and, you know, women's self-defense and, and, you know, doing realistic scenarios and um, putting, it's it's more of a mindset class than a firearms class. So, yeah, so the yeah. two of them kind of complement each other pretty well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's, and that's the natural way this company has had to go. I mean, you look at it, how it's scaling and, you know, I've said it to a few people before, you know, most most companies that do tactical type training, they're uh, they're limited by their capacity for two or three guys or four guys to move around the country, the same individuals and give this training. When, mm -hmm. And Fieldcraft Survival has kind of looked at it a different way as we empower instructors to be around the country to make it a nationwide brand. It's a mm -hmm. national brand. I mean, not many companies do it like that. And, and, you know, I'll tell you, you know, honestly, from what I've seen, this has been Mike Glover's 
you know, look from the from the beginning. I think mm-hmm. this was what he was looking at and envisioning. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, at, we're at the point now where we're really scaling. I mean, yeah. we're running an instructor training, instructor mm-hmm. development program event. Two of them, two of them. Two I'm of them. doing one, and yep. you're doing mm-hmm. one. I mean, and that'll tell you that you know how we're scaling because mm-hmm. now we got to get new instructors that have the the field craft way of doing business. We're going to push them around the country, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just scale that training so it's coming to everybody's neighborhood. It doesn't. You don't need to travel. You yeah. get on a plane to travel the training, it's going to come to you. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I think January alone, we've probably have 50 courses posted. They're not posted yet, but they will be yeah. by the time this, this least, airs, yeah. right? I, I, I think we're, we're way up there. Um, so just from, from my well, think side. about that, 50 courses, one company doing 50 yeah. Five zero courses training around the country. Courses. Find another company that's doing 50 training courses yeah. around the country. Yeah, yeah. And maintaining that high standard. Yeah. Uh, and that's the problem with scaling, right? That if you scale too rapidly, you, you lose the brand, right? And it is a brand. It's like a product, right? So yep. we're writing all the POIs, all the programs here, all the, all the instructors will be hired and fired here if necessary yeah. but by me and you in, in, in the North Carolina Academy. Um, all the, the, the classes and all the PowerPoints and all the handouts and all the actual POI will be written here and authorized by us. And then it will be pushed out slowly to, to yeah. primary instructors and assistant instructors. And then it will be scaled at, at that, on, you know, that's how you scale slowly. And that's one of the challenges of, a, of any company, not mm-hmm. just training. I mean, if you look at training like a product, it's like we could make you know, paintbrushes or snow shovels. It doesn't matter. If I buy a snow shovel in Minnesota, it needs to be the same snow shovel that I get in Wisconsin or, mm-hmm. if, you know, whatever I'm making, it needs to be the same type of, probably can be a, diff, a slightly different color. It can maybe look a little bit different, but it needs to be the same core product. And with training, that gets hard because individuals are what make good training. You know, mm-hmm. we hire good instructors because of they're good instructors. Now, I'm never going to be able to write every word an instructor says on the range or show them every drill that they need to do. But if I hire capable, competent people and give them some, give them some anchor points that these are the things that are are the anchors mm-hmm. of our training. These are non-negotiables. These are non-negotiables. Yeah. These are our priorities. This is what makes us different or unique, or this is our take on the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and you let the instructors run within. You hire good people and let them do good things. And I think that you're going to be successful. And I think Fieldcraft has shown that to be a good model to work in the training world. Yeah, it's very hard to scale, like we said, for training because it's usually a couple of guys. You know, it's not a, it's not a lot. Yeah. Now we don't have that many full time employees, but we have a lot of you know ten or nine day rate contractors who do training for us. As we scale, some of those guys will be brought on full time as as we scale probably this next year. All right, guys, we're just going to interrupt this podcast for a minute to bring you another sponsor, and that is Athletic Greens. The website you want to go to is athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft. If you use that link, you will get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athletic Greens is amazing. Athletic Greens is one of those products. It's a easy-to-use product. First thing in the morning, it's almost effortless to take some of the powder mix, pour it into some water, and shake it up and drink it. And next thing you know, you have all sorts of good greens inside of you. Uh, I've been using Athletic Greens for a very long time. A whole bunch of folks here at Fieldcraft use Athletic Greens. And it's one of those things when you're traveling, when you feel like, wow, I don't feel like I'm getting all my nutrition. I feel like I'm you know, just eating on the road way too much. Athletic Greens kind of you know, stems that tide, helps reverse it. So try out Athletic Greens. I don't think you're going to find it uh, disagreeable. It's not one of those green drinks that you taste and you say, this tastes like yard clippings. It's good stuff. Um, so please go over to athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft. Use our 
link and you'll get the free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Check them out. So just from, from, for me, for the medical thing, the medical thing has been, it's not super challenging because there, there is a lot of qualified people out there, 18 Delta, special forces medics, army medics, EMTs, para, uh, paramedics, uh, nurses. I mean, there, there is a lot of medical people. You just got to find the right ones because just because you have a degree or you have experience, I mean, you can teach, right? No. So um, as we scale the medical stuff, and, I, and again, I've pulled out stuff that people are not going to do. We used to teach basic medical course and we're doing nasal pharyngeal tubes and sticking tubes up each other's nose. Nobody's doing that. No. On the side of the road, when there's blood and they're, they're freaked out and they've done a basic one day course, they shouldn't be sticking tubes up no. each other's nose, right? You're going to do more damage. Nor will they even think about it. I mean, no. to be honest with you, we've both been in critical situations mm -hmm. and, and been in environments. And even when you're trained to a certain level, Major muscle movements, at least at the beginning, are mm -hmm. really what what you're remembering. So you got to look at prioritize that training, yeah, and and make sure they understand how to do the basics, yeah, and, and uh, you know things like you know NG tubes are, mm -hmm. yeah, there's there's a youth a use form, but are they really? Is that something you want to spend your time yeah. on? Do no do, uh, do no harm, right? Put the guy in the recovery position, make sure he's breathing, stop the bleeding, yeah. stuff like that that you will actually do in an emergency is where you need to concentrate. In the time it takes you to learn how to stick a tube up somebody's nose, yeah. maybe you, you take that hour and do tourniquets over and over and over again so you're really good at it, right? So And that's the key, yeah. is doing it over and over and over. Like I, I can hand you, we, we say it all the time, me and you both say, you know, I don't want to give you a certificate, I want to give you capability. Mm. And the only way you have a capability is when you learn something once and then you continually do it and mm -hmm. do it and do it and practice it so you come to a course and we teach you something that's high end or high speed however you want to label it you go back to your regular life mm. and you never do it again yeah yeah you got a certificate on the wall and maybe some pictures to say look at what i did this one time mm. but when a situation comes up and if you've never done it again you're not going to be successful no. at that I, you I, can I, lie to yourself but you're not yeah the way you do it is you go home and teach your kids right I, you know yeah. i remember the, the Athene delta course the special force medic course they have this See one, do one, teach one. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, they, I have. I they, have see yeah. It, they see it once, and then they do it once, and then they teach it to somebody else once. And mm -hmm. then that those three repetitions really help you to, to ingrain it, you know? I remember you speaking at the uh, the sniper course graduation, yeah. and you're like, as soon as you get your certificate today and walk down the hill to your car, your skills start dropping. They do, immediately. <laughs> yeah, they as soon do. As you leave, yep. you're the most trained you'll be right now. Yes, absolutely. And it's up to yeah. you to maintain that level or or let it drop. Yeah. That's your yeah. call now. Yep, yep. You know? um, very perishable. So as I, as I scale the medical stuff, what I'm doing now is I'm reaching out and trying to pull in qualified people, um, nurses, EMTs, 18 Deltas right throughout the country because I, I don't want to be flying people all over the country to run a course because it, it, it cuts into the margin and it makes... It, it forces us to raise the price of the course. And I want the course to be affordable for everybody because yeah. of all the skills we do, medical training is the most important. It yeah. re it's the Absolutely. one that you will most likely need um, throughout your life for you or for your kids or for a, a, somebody on the road that you, you you came across, right? So I want the course to be affordable. So I don't want to have to fly a guy in, give him a rental car, give him a hotel and all that. So I want to be able to put on a course in Houston, Texas and have an instructor in Houston, Texas that has a full-time job. I have a, a nurse down there. She, she's a, a, a RN, right? And she's going to run some courses for me. We'll, I will bring in one of our regular medical instructors. Um, he will run the first one. She'll AI. She'll teach a little bit. He'll kind of evaluate her. And then 
we will start posting those courses in that in in around the Houston area where she will instruct and then she will pull in an AI one of her friends and I will send them all the gear we'll do all the marketing that that's the model I want to build in most of the cities around the country yeah um but I I, I we just now have to make sure there are right people that's teaching it and they're teaching the right stuff and and uh, the students are walking away with a capability and that that's the goal that, yeah. that's for the medical training um, there's a lot of things out there that are built around you know making something overcomplicated and trying to teach things that aren't applicable yeah and i think boiling something that's complicated medic medic you know, medical treatment is complicated. There's a lot going yeah. on, mm-hmm. but you know, trauma medical a lot of times is not as complicated. Mm-hmm. Is it's not like long term healthcare. No, it's basic life saving yeah. steps to get you a get you a period of time that you can get that person yeah. out of that site and to another location where there's real professionals there that do this for a living. Yeah, that, that's that, hour, that's your yeah. goal. It's mm-hmm. like calling the police. You know, you don't you handle a situation until law enforcement gets there if you have to, but yeah. you don't want to. If law enforcement's right there, you should never be mm-hmm. pulling your weapon no the law enforcement's there they yeah. should be dealing with it so it's the same kind of concept and you know and and teaching people how to do those things that they could teach to their families and their friends and their community that's part of you know building the tribe and, and building the capability within your community because that's mm-hmm. where you live yeah. that's where you want that capability yeah yeah uh, um so the, the we have a basic and advanced medical course and then we have a family med course that we're developing right now uh, that we've thought a couple of times which is it's basically for parents and it's everything from cuts and bruises with kids to kids yeah. choking and um bee stings and all that type of, all the way up to to trauma and and you know severe you know lacerations and stuff like that so I that's tell my kids to rub dirt on it but yeah. I, I need to go to the training hey, that's what we did <laughs> that's what we did um it's so funny because uh, Kate that does her edible plant stuff. I was telling her the other day, I had a, I got a cut in my arm. You, you think I was born in the 1800s or something, <laughs> but I was born in Ireland, right? So um, I got a cut in my hand when I was a kid and it got infected. And my mother put a bread poultice on it to, and I took all the infection out of it. And it worked. Wow. Because we had shitty healthcare and old school remedies, man. I, I, yeah. I actually love the... Uh, austere medicine stuff yeah oh yeah I, I think it's super interesting and and that's another avenue i want to develop going forward yeah like austere medicine what you have um and that's the the great thing kate does the edible plants and medicinal plants so she can pull up all these plants that are good for this and this and yeah. this and, and again you know if um if things ever go really, really bad, your 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 prescription meds are going to go away. Yeah, and you're going to have to figure it out like people did in the 1800s. Yeah, um, you know what I like about that training too is when you boil things down to uh, where you take away all the conveniences. Like, yeah, you can go buy a med kit or, or do whatever and have everything right in front of you, you know, and watch a YouTube video on how to put a tourniquet on. Mm-hmm. But it, when you take away all that stuff and you make somebody actually engage their brain, yeah. And think of other ways to do it. Yeah. Like improv- we talk about it all the mm-hmm. time, like improvise. Hey, we want to give some training, and but we don't have this, we don't have that. Well, mm-hmm. how would we do it? Yeah. You know, I remember back before, you know, whiteboards and all that, we would string up a poncho with 550 cord in the field to give a class. We'd yeah. write on a, a, a green poncho with, with chalk. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, that was like a whiteboard yeah. with chalk yeah. and you'd race it, erase it off and do it again. Mm-hmm. I mean, but when you take all that stuff away, people are forced to look for they other are. alternatives. And, and I, I think that makes you more mm-hmm. creative. And it, it you know makes you more of a capable person when you think through that thing. Yeah, the, the most innovative people you'll ever see in your life 
are really poor people. Yeah, Even yeah. in Afghanistan, yeah. you'll see a vehicle go down the road and the front end's a motorcycle and the back end's a car. And like, <laughs> because how that's did the they two, do that's that? That's the two things they had. They had they, they need, I need transportation and this is what I got. And they figured seen, it out. You ever see the scaffolds when they're building a house? And it's just like sticks from the tree. Yeah, sticks and, tied together yeah. with like... Like, like thin twigs are tying it together. You're like, man, if I stay here for 20 minutes, somebody's going to die. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's fun. But they are. They're super innovative because yeah. they're under-resourced. And, you know, we talked about it a few minutes ago. Like, we're, we're going to run a course in Utah in January. It's going to be a winter survival course. Yeah. And it's going to be the premise is um, your car went off the day, off the road on, on a lonely road in, in a cold environment. And... Now your car's stuck and you're you're injured or one of your party yeah. is injured so you can't move. So now you've got to survive um, in that environment um, 24 hours or whatever, right? Now that the course is only going to go nine to five. But I, what I want it to be, and I, I talked to Kevin Estella about it yesterday, what I want it to be, all the, the students come in and they, it's very... It's scenario based, but it's it's students providing the answers, right? Okay, yeah. so this is the scenario, car's off the road, you broke your leg, very cold environment. What's your first priority? And let them come up with the answers. Well, food. Well, is it is food your first priority? Yeah. Or do I need to split my leg and stop yeah. bleeding first, yeah. right? And then, okay, how do I, you know, get water out of this car? Or how do I boil snow? Or how do I start a fire? Maybe using jumper cables or, or whatever, right? How do I signal, audio signal, visual signal? How do I um, stay warm? You know what I mean? All those things. But yeah. let the students come up with it. And then they come up with the next answer. And then we do it. And everything's improvised. Because if you have all the kit in your car, it's like doing math with a calculator. Yeah. It makes it super Absolutely. easy, right? Absolutely. But when you have to cut the seatbelt out of the car to splint your leg with improvised tools, it really makes you think. And that's where, like in medical training, the, the most important thing is just understanding anatomy. And yeah. how you bleed to that really quickly yeah. if, if your, your femoral artery gets gets severed, right? And how to stop that. Um, well, it I, makes you think. Yeah. I mean, it's easy. If we sit there and say, okay, well, this is the med kit. Step one is you do this. Step two is you do this. That's not realistic because no. the situation, we could put you in a, in, a, in a situation out in a training environment. But you have to be able to think through that. And when you engage, when you engage somebody you're teaching with, okay, what's your first priority? Even it could be the first question of the course. Mm -hmm. Now they got to think. And even if they don't know, they can, well, give me something. What do you think right now? Look around your scenario and, and their, their minds are engaged now. They can't yeah. just sit there and wait for you to tell them the answer. Now, when they say something, then you expound on that and you say, look, okay, well, good aunt, you know, this is the answer you said we need to look for food first. Well, actually your leg's bleeding. Let, yeah. Let's take care of the medical stuff first and here's how you do it. Yeah. Let's talk about this. What you know, mm. I think that's a way better way to train people. Mm. And uh, you know, it's that focused type of of environment and that focused type of training is gonna stick with people. Yes. And I think yeah. they'll remember that because they're engaged. Yeah. I, I remember doing uh it's funny, when I got into special operations in Ireland, the first course I did was uh, methods of instruction courses, how to teach. And at the time I was like, this is bullshit. But it, 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 some of it stayed with me and it's getting the, uh, getting the students involved, getting them answering questions. Yeah. Used to, I don't know if this is an American thing or an Irish thing, but it used to be like, pose, pause, pounce. Did you ever hear that one? Yeah, you I You pose the question, one. you pause, and then you pounce on somebody, right? Yeah, and you, yeah, you make exactly. them answer. But, um, well, it used to be more lecture-based. Like when I came in, instruction was more like, you sit there and be quiet and listen to every word I say. Yeah. And when mm -hmm. I point at you, you answer my question correctly. Yeah. Or I'll smoke and, you. Yeah, or I'll smoke <laughs> you. Well, now it's, you know, I, I think the Army term actually that I learned was uh, experiential learning. Mm -hmm. It is where, mm -hmm. and I'm sure there's a lot of education 
type people out there that I probably got it wrong, but it's something like that mm-hmm. where you engage people with questions. You you guide the conversation. Yeah. You don't necessarily lecture people. Mm-hmm. You include them. What do you think? You ask open and you ask open ended questions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, why would you, why did you answer that? Why do mm-hmm. you think that? Why do you think this? I mean, and again, that gets everybody engaged. That gets everybody, you know, you'd be surprised, even though people are paying for courses, people will still come to a course and drone out and start mm-hmm. thinking about, oh man, I forgot. I got to do this when I get home. I yeah. got to do that when I get home. They're not doing mm-hmm. it on purpose. It's just mm-hmm. the way our minds go nowadays. Yeah. So when you engage people, you get their focus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, I, I'm interested to see how that goes. That's going to be on the, uh, yeah. f- it's not posted yet, but on the 5th, oh, it might be by the time this airs, but it's on the 15th of January in, in Utah. Um, so that that's kind of the survival. And I want to do it there. And then I want to do it in the desert, same type of thing. I want to do it in the Everglades, you know, in the swamp or something. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Same type of thing and do it multiple, you know, one a month, maybe. Uh, with Kevin Estella running that and, and, and with some support guys. Um, then... Um, Talk to me about pistol and, and carbine stuff. What are you, are you going to change any, the way we do anything that we have done anything in the past? Or are you yeah, just going to? Well, we're going to evolve. I mean, I, you know, we're going to look at, we're going to look at the training we do. And, you know, like I said, we're having this instructor meeting and, and, um, you know, although I've done a lot of pistol and carbine training in, in, in my past, you know, uh, this is a new type of environment. I have 16 professionals on, on the books right now that are around the country training that they've what, what been training. What do you look for in an instructor? I look for maturity. I look for professionalism and competence. Okay. I want them to know what they're talking about. I want them to be mature and I want them to be professional at all times. I want grownups. You know, uh, we're, you, you don't have to be, uh, loud yelling at people. You need to, you need to understand how to teach. You mm-hmm. need to understand, you know, what enables learning and, and how to get the best out of people. You can't treat an entire, every person in a class the same way. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to learn one way. Some people are going to learn another. I want an instructor also that has enough experience to, we say it all the time, to see something about to happen before it happens. Because it's mm-hmm. a live fire range. You're shooting live bullets. You know, yeah. Safety is the number one concern for us. We don't want, nobody should get hurt in training. No. I mean, and we as instructors and professionals need to be able to understand an unsafe environment or unsafe activity really before it becomes critical. Mm. Uh, so I really look at that in instructors. And that really just comes from maturity and professionalism. Somebody has been around a little bit that has trained before and knows how to interact with people. I, I think, and maybe it's because of social media. I'm going to piss a lot of people off now because I like pissing people off. Oh, jeez, here we go. Here we go. But, but I think it's because of social media that a lot of people who've never served in the military um, that want to take training, they gravitate towards the big loud guy with all the tattoos and the beard and, you know, talking about, you know, all, all the, the badass shit he's done in his life. And, and generally, that's not the guy you want to train with. And that's kind yeah, of not what we're looking for not, here, yeah. right? No. Um, because it, all, the, all that kind of loud noises, it's all a smokescreen for, for um, his, his lack of experience, I, I think, in my experience. I've yeah, seen it a lot. Yeah, we've seen yeah. it a lot, a lot with that. And, and you know, I, again, it's it's the, you know, the special forces motto is quiet professional. And if mm-hmm. I, as cheesy as it is and corny as it is, uh, that's kind of what I look for. In a, in a, yeah. I, I, I consider myself a quiet professional. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't need to run around trying to prove to everybody that I'm yeah. Bigger, better, tougher, faster than them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially now that I'm 52, I'm probably not bigger, better, tougher, and faster <laughs> than most people. Yeah. But I do have a lot of experience in that that I can that I can teach. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think the way you deliver that is is very very important. And mm-hmm. uh, you got to respect your your customer 
you know, AKA student, you know, you gotta, you gotta respect that person because they're coming to you with a perspective that, Hey, you have a skill that I really want to learn and you have to respect that because, um, they want to get the most out of themselves and, and you, you, you have that ability to give that to them. You got to find, you got to find the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at that the same way. A lot of people overdo the marketing and mm-hmm. underdo the execution. Yeah. You know, the marketing's great, but if, mm-hmm. you know, if I, if I crack open a can of, you know, tactical cool and I drink it and I don't like the taste of it, well, it's, it, the marketing does me nothing. Yeah. I've just wasted my money. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. But, the um, I, I yeah, they are students, but they're also customers, and you yeah. got to give them what they came, what they paid their good, hard earned money to 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 get right to receive Absolutely. from you. Absolutely. You know. All right, guys, another sponsor for you to just interrupt this podcast for a minute, and that is Bespoke Post. Go to the website Box of Awesome. That's an amazing website at least the title, right? Box of Awesome. And you will find out what is so awesome in each of those boxes. If you use the coupon code Fieldcraft, you get 20% off of your box. And let me tell you this, uh, we've had a number of these subscription boxes come through and some of them are kind of hokey, some of them are kind of cheesy. Uh, we've gotten some pretty cool stuff from Bespoke Post. And you know, let's put it this way, when you sign up for these, each box costs only 45 bucks, but you're going to get at least $70 worth of stuff inside. And you're supporting a small business. 90% of everything that comes in your box of awesome is from small up and coming brands. So you might get in on some action before everyone else knows about the products that you're getting. Um, you can get 20% off of your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code fieldcraft at checkout boxofawesome.com. Use the coupon code fieldcraft. You'll get 20% off. Um, this is, you'll find all sorts of stuff in there, craft beers, uh, clothing, camping gear, you name it, check them out. Boxofawesome.com. In terms of uh, like the way, the way a class is run, are you going to change anything? It's just going to really just, I think, I know you're going to standardize the training, make sure it's the same. And there's always going to be a little wiggle room for an instructor because you're always going to bring your personality to the training. Yeah. Which is what makes it unique. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, if you can't cookie cutter training. Like I said, there has to be some anchor points. There has mm-hmm. to be some things. And you know, there's a lot of people out there teaching shooting and there's, you know, there's no right or there's no always and there's no never. Mm. I'm never going to go that, hey, I, I, you know, name the instructor that taught you this is wrong. They should mm-hmm. never teach you that. Well, there is, there's, a, everybody has a different look on things. Yeah. Um, so I want the instructors to move around within some within some guidelines, but you got to give them you got to give them uh, the experience the experienced instructors time to teach the way they want to teach. Yeah. Um, so right now, I'm honestly uh, this instructor meeting is going to go a long way because I'm not. There's no changes that are going to happen until I sit down with all the instructors and we have a discussion because mm-hmm. you know if say it all the time if you're if you're the smartest guy in the room find another room so what i want to do is i want to bring all the instructors in the same room and i'm going to do that this weekend and we're going to have this discussion i have my opinions and i'm and i'm passionate about them and i'll argue with you mm. but if you have a better way or a way that works or you you know we talk i'm willing to compromise and or just go you know that's better mm-hmm. i like your idea better that's the way we're going to do it mm. so it's going to be a discussion and uh I look, I look for them to help me kind of guide this program to where it needs to go based on what the customer needs. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always going to evolve training now. We always want to look at what the current threat is, look at what the current reality is. 
um, and and adjust the training to that to meet the needs of our customer base. Yeah, and whatever and, that and is. Yeah, there has to be a, a like a base level training and an advanced. You know, people need yeah. something to scale. It's got to be growth and it scale. Has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one that that has really taken off is the the what we were calling. So so coming to North Carolina here back from Utah for me. It gave me access to good training areas and it gave me access to tons of instructors, right? So I've been dabbling in the last couple of months and trying to figure out what works. And I think I've figured it out. Um, so I, I did like a home defense course where, you know, you're, yeah. you're basically, you know, uh, clearing your own house and, and, you know, home invasion and stuff like that. And then I did concealed carry too. It was all kind of scenario based. And then we did, you know, practical application for women's self-defense. And then I just morphed all those together. And I made the, the personal security level one and personal security level two. Yeah, great course. And yeah, and I, I think we, we've run it about five or six times now, and I think we've really got it down. Personal security level one is what we run here. Personal security level two will be higher end. I'll talk about that in a minute. But there's going to be a, a, a women-only version and then everybody else, because some women want to train with other women. Um, I've pulled in some... Um, police officers and military, but mostly police. Police have a unique um, view of this and they, they live with it every day. This, yeah. this thing of use of deadly force, hostile intent, imminent threat, um, kind of mindset, it, it's what they do. And they're better at it than we are, honestly, oh, in the military. Better. Yeah. Um, even though me and you both have been in combat multiple times and, and, and have tons of combat, it's not the same, right? No. It, uh, it's, it, 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 you're not held to the same standard, right? So- Well, um, and our heads have to be in a different place. Like, yeah. you know, I, I looked at it like, you know, in combat, you, you kind of, you go into a situation at a 10 a lot of times, you know, mm -hmm. you're amped up, you're ready, you know, yep. worst case scenario, you know, I'm ready to go. Whereas a police officer has to come in it the other way. Yeah. They can't go in, they can't go mm -hmm. in that hard. Even, even SWAT cops, they got to go in mm -hmm. at a little lower level because- uh, they have to be able to ramp up as needed. Yeah. Where I, I looked at the military, we had to be able to ramp down as needed. Yeah. But we we were kind of needed to go in there at a level 10 because, mm -hmm. you know, there might be a guy with an S-Fest in there. Yeah. You got to go in at that level where law enforcement can't can't have that mindset, no. nor should they, because it, it, it'd just be catastrophic for yeah. them what their mission is. They, they, yeah. They, would they have it harder, if you ask me. They have it much harder. I would yeah. much rather be doing what we too. were doing than yeah. doing what cops are doing. I would too. Without a doubt. <laughs> because, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I have uh, I have a couple of police officers right now, uh, you know, on the books, and I have a female police officer in, in Charlotte who's been great. She's a firearms instructor, taught at the academy, and she's run a lot of courses for me, and she's going to take the lead on this for me, especially for women, but also for men, because it's the same course. It's, it's that I mean, women, you're going to if it's a women only course, you're going to talk about carry options and handbags and belly bands and all that kind of thing. But it, it's generally the same course. It's not like it's a watered down course. It, no. It's just different considerations yeah, is really what it, it is. Because, you is. know, women, you know, women have different considerations than men do a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And they, they also, they train, they learn and process and train a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah. There's unique aspects to both men and mm -hmm. women. So mm -hmm. I think you did a great job this last course. First time I really got to watch the whole thing go through. Mm -hmm. They did, the instructors did a great job yeah. with, uh, yeah. you know, giving a great course. Yeah. The morning is, um, it's basically mindset. <clears throat> it's, um, you know, fear, fight, flight, freeze, all that, and how the body reacts to fear. And then we go into like legalities. And I, I had Kirsten doing that and she would 
play video. She'd talk about the law and what you can and cannot do. And then she'd play videos and we'd do a case study on videos and stuff like that. And we'd talk through everything because you can study the law. You can be a freaking Supreme Court judge. Yeah. And when somebody kicks your door in and point, you have a split second to make a decision. And um, you either recognize hostile intent or you don't. You know, you, yep. you don't have time to overanalyze things. And if you overanalyze it, you probably will react slower and, and uh, to your, to your, um, to your detriment, right? So, um, again, having a police officer explain, okay, when we look at this, we look at the totality of the situation, right? The yeah. guy got boxed in, he went for a weapon, He, you tried to retreat, but you couldn't, you know what I mean? That, that whole discussion yeah. is great. And some people don't even ha ever have that with themselves. Then we do uh, carry options, all the, the hip holsters, appendix holsters, handbags, belly bands, all that type of stuff. Then we do... Uh, a little bit about weapons and tools. And then we go in in the afternoon to scenarios and we break them up into three groups. One group will work on a car and it's it's all scenarios with guys in defense, in blower suits and you have simunition guns that you paint and you will be put in a scenario where you're pumping gas and a guy comes up and he talks to you and he gets, a, maybe he gets a little more aggressive. Maybe he doesn't. Yeah. Not everything leads to a shooting, but yeah. you have to be ready. So that's one station. The other station's in, in the house. Um, and then the other station is kind of close the distance, um, reacting to somebody running at you, creating space, drawing, you know, and shooting from attention, that type of stuff. But when you see these, and, and we've done a couple of women's courses, when you see these uh, women that came in very, like not a lot of training and a little bit kind of reserved, by the time they go through all three of those stations, yeah. at the end, they're, they're, the they're on it. Man. High. The they confidence level is high. They're crushing it, right? So, well, and that's the good thing about the training too, is I, I like the fact that, um, a lot of training sometimes, especially in the tactical world, goes to worst case scenario. You're always training to shoot. You're always, yeah. you're always going to shoot. You're always going to you know shoot somebody. That training was great because not every situation. Every time a guy had walked yeah. out with a blower suit on, mm -hmm. you know they look menacing, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're a threat. Or yeah. that you you have to look at what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so you can develop bad habits by always training worst case scenario. You can. You know, yeah. like back mm -hmm. back when I was on a team, we used to do runs where I'd do five, six, seven runs in a row through the CQB house. And every target in there was a shoot target. Mm -hmm. So the guys would get in there and everybody's shooting everybody. And that's what everybody wants to do. They're like, yeah, yeah. I'm shooting all the targets. And then you do, you know, run number six might be no hostile targets in there. And mm -hmm. you'd always get people that were shooting because yeah. they got into that habit of every place mm -hmm. that I go into, I'm going to be shooting rounds and you can't. Mm -hmm. You can't do that no. because you have to evaluate each threat independently. Yeah, that, I'm, that I'm, course did a great job of that. Yeah, so we're bringing in all the instructors, uh, or at least some of them, in on the, the here very soon. And we're going to go through the whole thing. I'm bringing in a mental performance coach from JSOC from Special Operations. He's going to come in and talk about mindset. He's going to talk about fight, flight, freeze, how to body. Because I want to standardize and I want it from a guy with a freaking ology degree. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I, I want it, I don't want it to be anybody's opinion. Well, I think yeah. this, and I, I want it standardized with, with actual science that this is what happens. Yeah. And it happens to you, may not happen to me, may not happen to some of the people, but this is generally how we look at fear and what fear yeah. does and how you, like if you freeze, then you can actually snap yourself out of that frozen state if, yeah. if you actually are aware of it and stuff like that. So he will teach that. I'll bring him in. We'll standardize all the training and this is the product. And that does not get changed. Once I stamp that table and here when we do it, that POI doesn't get changed unless I change it because yeah. I don't want people doing their own thing. And yeah. um it, it, it'll be a great product. I mean, that's world-class to bring in, you know, you got to think this guy works for JSOC yeah. as a mental mm -hmm. performance coach. I mean, yeah. that's that's like a, saying I brought a guy from the Olympic Committee or a person from the Olympic Committee out here to be, mm -hmm. to give a class. Yeah. I mean, that's Olympic level knowledge yes. that mm -hmm. this 
this person is going to give to the course. I mean, that, that, that right there yeah. is, is leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of people yeah. with understanding what that, the physiological effects of stress and, mm-hmm. and, and, and fight or flight. The, the thing I talked to Kirsten about the other day was, and, and I want to put this in somewhere, but again, it's a packed course, but uh, the de-escalation piece, right? Now, de-escalation is very dangerous because, and it's dangerous for police as well, but it's much more dangerous for civilians because you can de-escalate to a certain point but at a certain point, the de-escalation's over, and, yeah. and you're you're moving to that next level. So we're, we're just gonna have to figure out where, where, to, where, to, how much to do. Where you de-escalate to a certain point and try to leave, but once once that aggressor steps over that line, then it's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're gonna we're gonna and, and police are very good at it at the de-escalation piece, but they, they have a, a different set of rules, right? They're not trying to leave. No, they, they're, they're dealing with they, criminals they have to that stay. they have to. They but want they to learn talk all of, those hard lessons because they they kind of have to de-escalate. Yeah. A leaving is not an option. Yeah, it's yeah. like fighting. You know, not fighting is not an option if somebody's yeah. you know fighting with you. Yeah, you, you got to do something. Yeah. You're going to roll in a ball. Or you're going to fight back. Yeah, same with you know leaving is not an option for police. So they yeah. develop a lot of skills that mm-hmm. other people don't have. Yeah, they, they're trying to talk people into handcuffs, basically, yeah. right? So you don't <laughs> yeah. have to beat them and taser them and shoot them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, again, a a, a huge course. I've got right now on the books in January, I've got 10 courses in six states. Um, I'm waiting on confirmation on one. I've got Arizona, Texas, Utah, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee. And as we branch out, and and again, I want to do it in a controlled manner so we never lose the quality of training and it's never watered down. Yeah. but but the goal is to keep branching that out. Yeah. And, and what's and, amazing too is this is all like you know we talked about it this morning. Pistol and carbine has been going on for a few years with, mm-hmm. with Fieldcraft. It's 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 a course that's been going all these tra- all this training events. They've morphed and changed here and there, but generally we've been doing pistol carbine long range. Um, what's cool about what you're doing is it's all new. Yeah, I mean yeah. literally this all all this got created right here. Mm-hmm. At, you know, it, yeah, in, in in North Carolina mm-hmm. with you and and expanding. It's it's moving out. Yeah, uh, I I think it's awesome. It's exciting. I, I I've I've in the past been against female only courses because I always felt like it was it was sending a message that we're dumbing it down for women yeah. and it's a separate course. But it, it's not about that and. Uh, Amber really pushed a female only because females yeah. just feel more comfortable training with other females and with yeah. female instructors. And um, the so we've, we've harnessed that. So you can train with a female only course or you can train, you and your spouse can come together in yeah. the other course. It's, it's, it's anybody else that wants to do it and doesn't mind a mixed course that, that's going to be run. Um, it, it'll well, be, it's given it options. be a second day. Yeah, I'm just yeah. giving people options for mm-hmm. whatever fits their life. You know, we can't dictate you what, what, yeah, you know what fits your life. I mean, mm-hmm. we want to give you options that you're going to come and train with us. Yeah, whatever works for you. Yeah. So um, that's that piece. Uh, really getting into the homesteading and, and edible plants and, and and preserving food and all that. Really, in, yeah, people probably be surprised. I don't know. I find it super interesting. I, I like that old school stuff. It is interesting. I, I, it's very I, interesting. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, <laughs> we said it before. You have survival skills now or life skills in eighteen hundred. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's um, amazing the amount of things that are out there that are not new, but they're new. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, and, and there are skills I don't have. I don't know how to preserve food. No, I mean, but yeah. I hire people to do it. I know my mom does, and, and, <laughs> and her she, and my grandma yeah. did. They yeah. used to can all the time, and I'm like, yeah. I have no idea what how to do yeah. it. You yeah. know, but it's um, amazing. So. Uh, a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, yep. We're going to ramp up. I can't imagine where we'll be by summer of next year. Busy. We'll be super busy. And um, look, for my part, I'm still looking for qualified instructors 
I'm looking for mostly female instructors. Um, I, I, but I'm looking for, you know, I have to put a standard there. So I'm looking for five years law enforcement, five years military, or five years if it's like nursing, uh, paramedic in the military, right? Um, 18 Delta, um, if you're if you're kind of getting into that uh, medical portion, yeah, or, or or related field, right? If you've been teaching survival for years and years and years, that, that that's good enough, right? Um, but that's kind of where we're going. Where I'm going with this portion of it, and, and just looking to to get a foothold and then spread out in in most of the major cities or, or metropolitan areas, or at least in regions initially, and. Uh, just keep moving forward yeah. with, with a quality product. The other part of this too is me and you are, you know, working together mm-hmm. uh, to where wherever wherever we're doing firearms training mm-hmm. or, or any of the tactical training, we're also doing yep. the courses that you're running. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we want it to be um, where if you live in that region, you're able to get to a place where you can do all these things. Yeah, we, yeah. We're, we're sponsoring training there, whatever it is. If it's firearms, if it's mm-hmm. canning, everything from canning to shooting a precision rifle at a thousand yards, we want to have an option for you in a location that you can get to yeah. without breaking the bank. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's our goal. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that's that's Mike's goal, and I know that's our goal. And there's some areas that are challenging for us to do that with, but you know, we're we're rapidly trying to expand into them. Like yeah. my goal with the firearms side is I want to push into the Northeast and the Midwest mm. aggressively this uh, this spring, as soon as it thaws out, it's too cold up there. I grew yeah, up in Michigan, it's too cold up yeah. there. I'm not, <laughs> nobody wants to train in the cold weather. So, yeah. um, but I want to push up into the Northeast and the Midwest mm. and, and get more training options out there for people. And everywhere in the country, if there's not a training option in your area, mm-hmm. shoot us an email. Cause we'll look, I get it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll look at the training areas. We'll, we'll decide if we can get something out there, mm. and if we can get training out there, we absolutely will. Yeah, I, and I, I think I would encourage everybody to take a look at their own personal capabilities right now and map out what you would like to do next year. Maybe it's it's the personal defense course. Maybe it's a basic pistol course, then a med course, then an advanced pistol course, and personal security too. Maybe it's it's a, whatever whatever. Everybody has different gaps. Yeah. So whatever gaps you need to address, I, I would take a hard look at that and, yeah. and make 2022 the year you get prepared because yeah. the world is not getting any safer. It's, not it's getting worse. And the worst, you know, and let's just say, uh, you know, you, you take all these courses in 2022, 2023 and everything, nothing changes in mm-hmm. the world. Have you really wasted any time? You haven't. Mm. You know, you spent time that is developing yourself. It's like saying, you know, hey, I went to I went to the gym. I went and learned MMA. You know, at, 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 a, at a fighting mm-hmm. gym and I never had to use it. Yeah. Well, you didn't really waste time. You got in shape, you learned a new skill. Yeah. You know, you did all these things. You're not wasting time by doing it. It's just your your, your own personal pathway to preparedness is what mm-hmm. you got to kind of lay out. What's that look like for you? I can't, we can give you suggestions, but you got to decide, well, this is important to me, but this isn't quite yeah. so important to me. And, and everything's, it, it, you know, people have different priorities, right? Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so take a look at it and uh, it's going to be a good year for training. Uh, we will maintain that high quality, that, that high standard of training across the country as we as we um, uh, scale and uh, looking forward to it. Me too. Cool. Could All be right. a good year. All right. That was 43 minutes. Perfect, man. That was That's a commute. That's a commute drive. Boom. Put on these two guys. Done. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So until the next time, stay alert, stay alive. Stay alive.